Greetings, it's called Ru and we are the students of Higher School of Economics. Here we talk about Russian culture and invite interesting people from other countries to exchange stories and experiences. Today we bring you the stories of St. Petersburg, one of the most enigmatic cities in Russia. Our friends Vera, Serafima and Ulyana will tell you all about its fascinating features, modern poetic clubs and, of course, nightlife. People from Moscow come here on weekends to relax and enjoy the cultural life. They are going to tell us all about it. But don't worry, I won't bore you with a long history lecture. You're in for an interesting discussion of all the secret underground places and fun facts about the city. And my first guest is Vera. She's from St. Petersburg and she studies communications and media at Higher School of Economics here in Moscow. Vera is an expert and she will tell us some exciting and a bit silly facts about the city. Hi. Hi there. So, you know me, I have the biggest sweet tooth and the thing I would really like to know is, is it true that St. Petersburg has the biggest number of bakeries? <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. There are, I don't know, over a thousand bakeries over the city uh, and as I've noticed more than in Moscow. The most famous brand, uh, I would say, is um, so-called uh, Volchik Bakeries. The fun fact uh, that each of their bake shops has its own number. So the first one is located on Parachutnaya Street and the pastry shop number 90 is on Nevsky Prospect, which is the heart of St. Petersburg. I think over the years this brand has become one of the things uh, St. Petersburg is uh, strongly associated with. So another stereotype about St. Petersburg is that St. Petersburg has the most unpredictable and gloomiest weather a city can have. I mean, that's why people love spending their time drinking coffee and eating pastries in cozy, warm places like that. You mentioned the weather. Is it really that bad in St. Petersburg? Well, it's uh, pretty changeable, but uh, mostly, of course, cold and damp. There are only, I don't know, 60 days uh, with sun or so. But you know, now when we are making <laughs> this podcast, uh, it is over 30 degrees Celsius out on the street and I'm almost dying here from the heat. But uh, you know what they say, if you see two people and uh, one of them is dressed in shorts and the other one is uh, in coat and boots, uh, both of them are dressed for the weather here in St. Petersburg. <laughs> so, yeah, the climate is quite unpredictable, but that's reasonable as uh, St. Petersburg was built on a swamp, you know. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's also why the underground of uh, St. Petersburg is uh, considered one of the deepest in the world. Our city is often called Northern Venice, you know, as the amount of water here, like rivers, canals, lakes and so on, is really comparable to Venice. For example, uh, in the city center, the water can be seen from almost every point of view, and uh, that's why maybe people here are so relaxed and calm 
but uh, the biggest uh, city's attraction is, uh, of course, its fabulous architecture. There are buildings that look exactly the same as they did back in the 18th century when they were just built. The oldest one is the little wooden house that Tsar Peter I, or Peter the Great, as we call him here, uh, used to live in in 1703. Peter the Great, who was the founder of St. Petersburg, from the very beginning intended to build uh, the city as the capital of the Russian Empire. So that explains the grandeur and splendor of the architecture here. Uh, in modern times, it is really interesting to see how these uh, splendid palaces and cathedrals uh, coexist with the buildings in the style of uh, constructivism, which is very simple and uh, ascetic. And uh, this style was popular during the era of the USSR, when St. Petersburg was renamed Leningrad. Another fun fact. <laughs> I know that this is because Peter the Great wanted the main city of his Sardom to be geographically as close to Europe as possible. Uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, today St. Petersburg is uh, really only a four-hour train or car ride away from Helsinki, the capital of Finland. Locals here often go for the weekends uh, to Finland, for example, which may seem strange to other people. If you want to, you can do a whole trip around Europe, starting in St. Petersburg. <laughs> I think it's actually the most, you know, European city in Russia with its small parks, cute cafes, long promenades by the river and so on. People here are also quite different from other Russians. I don't want to generalize, but uh, the common image of so-called uh, Peterburgets, uh, which means the local of St. P, is a person who is, um, you know, typically reserved, polite, calm, uh, very culturally educated and even a little bit of a snob. I can assume that this is because of an enormous amount of museums, theaters and other locations uh, for cultural activities which take place regularly here. But then again, I don't think that there exists a universal characteristic for locals. Everyone is unique. I would also like to know more about raising bridges. You know, the ones that open overnight. Yeah, right. Uh, this is the symbol that sellers like to print on the official city's merch. First, you should know that the main river of St. Petersburg is called Niva. And uh, you can find it without any problem, it's the largest one here. Niva is crossed by at least uh, 13 bridges. They are raised on schedule every year from April to November. Uh, they open at around uh, 1 or 2 a.m. and don't close till sunrise. I know that initially this was done to let ships pass through, but then it turned into a real attraction for both uh, tourists and locals. But what if you don't have the time to get to the other side of Niva? Well, you might get stuck for the whole night. <laughs> No, I'm joking, of course. Uh, you know, we live in 21st century, so it would be strange if uh, the infrastructure was so badly thought out. 
Of course, this uh, might cause a little trouble, but anyway, there are two or three bridges which never open, so they allow people to get to another island of the city. And by the way, the best time to go see these bridges is uh, during white nights. This is the period uh, which is also a very popular attraction in St. Petersburg, when the skies only reach twilight and never go into complete darkness. And there is a huge annual summer festival that celebrates it. Oh, that's right. Once I went on a walk uh, during white nights in August and there were so many people in the city center, just as many as they usually are in daytime. And uh, there were also lots of musicians around playing the instrument and singing and uh, people on the streets were having a great time and uh, it felt like a feast that got quieter only by five o'clock uh, in the morning. Oh, hi Serafima! You're already here! Serafima lived her whole life in the most picturesque suburbs of St. Petersburg you'll ever see. It's the place where the royals lived back in the 18th century. So I wanted to ask you, what is your life like there? Well, I'm from a small town called Pushkin, uh, but it's not your average boring countryside because uh, it's where the Catherine Palace is located. Pushkin is a small town with green parks and beautiful architecture and uh, the city was the royal residence, so everything was done according to their European standards and it was founded at the beginning of the 18th century and was a gift from Peter the Great to the Prince Alexander Menshikov. But the royal family also lived here and uh, this area called Tsarskaya Silo. Uh, and uh, also the very first railway in Russia was built here. And uh, many suburban areas around St. Petersburg are like that. So, for example, the city of Pavlovsk is very similar to Pushkin in architecture, but it was a gift of Catherine II to her son, the future Emperor Paul. And, of course, I recommended you to visit it. Oh, that's cool. I think it is because that there are so many historic buildings in the city that many people romanticize St. Petersburg so much. Yeah, you know, uh, this is saying that roughly translated to English as they go to Moscow for work and to St. Petersburg for love. While it might be true, uh, this stereotype creates the wrong impression of the city. People see it only as a stunning cultural place that isn't fit for everyday life. That's why Moscow is a lot more convenient to live in. But when I moved there to study, I experienced a real cultural shock, as uh, there are lots of roads and noise, and almost no greenery or parks, uh, and a huge underground tube. Of course, I had been to Moscow before, but it was very difficult to adapt to new conditions. 
but the capital has its advantages. Here are 332 meter stations and you can get just anywhere by subway. While in St. Petersburg they are only 72. <laughs> I see. That's why there is the St. Petersburg brand. Right, the uh, city has indeed become a brand and uh, everyone knows it by the Hermitage Museum and Nevsky Avenue, but it's more than that. St. Petersburg is about uh, its unique residence and culture. And another interesting fact is that if you say city center in Moscow, Everyone will think uh, of different location about Kitaygorod, Red Square, the Cathedral of Christ the Savior. However, in Saint Petersburg, the city center is the same for everyone. It's Nevsky Prospect and the sites next to it. And um, in Saint Petersburg, the main thing is that it has some incredible magic about its culture that requires you to slow down and enjoy yourself in the moment. And now I welcome Uliana. She is a poet and she is determined to dedicate her life to literature. She will tell us all about her decision to move to St. Petersburg and where the young poets go out for drinks. So, hi Uliana. How have you been? How is your moving to St. Petersburg going? Hi, thank you for inviting. I'm great. Uh, I have just dropped out of university. Uh, now I'm uh, packing and uh, moving everything to another city. Uh, it's a little bit hard and uh, it uh, <clears throat> claims a lot of energy, but uh, still everything is great and I'm coping. <laughs> well, that's good. Okay, so where would you advise me and my friends to go to enjoy some poetry and cocktails? Yep, so I'm keen on poetry and um, the place where the whole poetic like get together began in St. Petersburg. It's uh, of course an uh, Enotec bar. Uh, it is located like near the Ligosky Prospect. And um, before it became a place uh, where different poets uh, spent some time, it was like a zone for ordinary parties, like other bars. Uh, and uh, uh, one day they began to hold the poetry coach poach, I think it's called something like that, in Russian, like Poetichska uh, Selanka. And uh, this uh, event um, helped discover a, like, a really galaxy, <laughs> as it were, of uh, different talented poets. And um, today, though the bar doesn't uh, put this uh, event anymore, like uh, uh, there were like about 70 uh, such evenings, but uh, no more. Uh, now they uh, host uh, cool events like poetry in one gulp, where you can watch poets complete in improvised poetry contests and so on. So another similar center of, like there are a couple of uh, other similar centers of poetry. The first one is Flamingo and another one is Grybayedov. A lot of poets actually spend some time in uh, Grybayedov. On Tuesdays, there are some poetry evenings which start at six or seven o'clock and it can uh, end only at two in the morning. So there are a lot of speakers and I think that uh, it shows uh, the uh, amount of 
actually poets and they, that the theme is really interesting for society and that uh, actually people like to read new poems and they're interested in that and so on. But of course, my biggest love is Flamingo Bar. It's actually called Punk Flamingo's Bar. It was opened by a girl who used to work at a bartender at the Anateca. And um, a special feature of Flamingo is that it is a closed bar. So a person, uh, like any person, doesn't have a potential to get in. You can't find it on any map and you can get inside only after contacting uh, uh, actually the owners, the girl, or uh, on Instagram or like uh, personally. The bar hosts poetry competitions for a cash prize, which is uh, really great because uh, poets usually do not have any money at all. <laughs> And uh, participants are divided into pairs. They read poetry and the audience chooses the best one in each pair. And so until only one poet remains. I once won in a similar poetry slam, in a similar poetry competition. I, I was truly delighted. It was just like unforgettable. I enjoy such evenings. So great. I heard that you love poetry. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm like... One more time, I'm just really keen on poetry. St. Petersburg has always been the like home of Russian poetry. And uh, I think that it is a really important feature and part of the city. And uh, like some great writers, uh, poets lived uh, there, like Pushkin, Dostoevsky, Maikovsky, Akhmatova. Boris Ryzhi has uh, lived here for some time if I'm not mistaken, Brodsky, of course, of course, Brodsky. And they created, um, like, um, and a lot of writers and poets have created um, a lot of famous pieces uh, there. So I'm, like, I'm really keen on that. What about modern poets? I could tell you about some interesting modern poets. Actually, they may not be really famous uh, outside the uh, city, but they are another special component of St. Petersburg culture. Uh, we should, I think, start with Alexei Nikonov. Uh, Nikonov is a poet and uh, lead singer uh, in the rock band Last uh, Tanks in Paris. Perhaps you know about it, perhaps not, but uh, still this group has been just like great songs with great text and so on. Alexei Nikonov poems are almost a revolution in the world of poetry. I can't find the words to describe his works. You just need to hear and to read them. And uh, <laughs> you can read a little bit more about uh, this author actually in Wikipedia, <laughs> even there. <laughs> so, yes. The less uh, well-known poet who has recently entered like, the literature world uh, is Maxim Tesli. Tesli has published several collections of poems, uh, like... Uh, uh, the last one, as I remember, is uh, Chiste, and um, it seems to me that he is a rather bright and original author. Another modern poet who shows, I think, great promise, but is not very yet very well known is Sergei Polyak. Uh, he has an uh, amazing manner of presenting poems that so like historical, but at the same time extremely deep, you know. And uh, the um, Sergei uh, perfectly keeps uh, this balance between. Uh, vulgarity uh, and uh, some clean brightness, I would say something like that. So I'm just uh, keen on listening for all these uh, 
uh, great authors, and I hope that one day I will be at least uh, as talented as they are. Seems like St. Petersburg attracts poets. I think that now we actually, that now the world of poetry is uh, like growing and there are a lot of really talented authors and uh, I'm just uh, excited and I hope that uh, we will, together we will make something really cool. Thank you for listening. Now you know that St. Petersburg is really like no other city in the world. It has something for everyone, whether it is historic sites or cozy cafes with delicious sweets. Hope you enjoyed this episode. See you next time!